0: Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Sunday Morning Service Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by one of our associate pastors. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's always good to get totally undignified in worship. <laughs> to honor Jesus with all that we are. I love it. You know, I mean it's like some people they, they look at church and say, What, what are you doing there in that church? I'm thinking, Ch- we we got a ways to go to catch up with the sports and people. It's like we we have way more to celebrate than everybody else on this planet has to celebrate. We we have way more to to be happy and joyful about than just some game or just some. And it was interesting while while we were doing that time of just worship and people were dancing back and forth. It just it reminded me of pictures. I don't know if you've ever seen these before of. What happened in cities in Europe when they were liberated during World War II? And it just the 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 sheer euphoria of what it was like to go from oppression, occupation, to freedom. And it was like it was like the streets were filled with people celebrating that reality. And the good news is Jesus sets us free. For he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So today we're, we're just celebrating the fact that God sets us free. Anybody been set free in here? All right. Anybody need to get set free in here? Good. You're in the right place because Jesus is setting people free. Hallelujah. You don't, you don't even need somebody to come lay hands on you to get free. I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, if you want to get free, just expect it to catch you at any point in time during today. We're, we're totally good with that. I want to share a few testimonies. I, one, I just love testimonies, and two, they make me super happy. <laughs> of what happened back in the children's area from these words of knowledge. Hallelujah. Whoa. Oh, God gave me peace for my friend that had passed away. I know God is with me and his peace is ministering to me. Thank you, Jesus. Another one. I felt his love, tenderness, and joy as the children prayed for me and released freedom from fear. Ooh. Huh. God's sweet, tender presence was so evident as the kids laid hands on me and prayed for freedom from fear. Hallelujah. I just thank you, Lord. Fear has no chance. Thank you, Lord. The children cast out out fear of the future and gave me some great advice. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit (laughs) of wisdom. I have specific direction for my prayers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> Whew. I have been bothered by fear but today they prayed and God's peace broke through that fear hallelujah so Father I just thank you because <laughs> there's no junior Holy Spirit there's only senior Holy Spirit it dwells in everyone that is born again otherwise we're not born again that's what the scripture says. <laughs> you're either born of water and spirit or you're not born again. So all of us that are born again have his Holy Spirit in us. So we have access to everything we need. And if you don't know Jesus and you need some assistance, I'm telling you, today would be a great day to say yes to Jesus and allow his Holy Spirit to fill you. I don't know how anybody makes it in this world without the Holy Spirit, to be quite honest. And and I'm I'm not ashamed to say I'm just not that strong. I don't know enough. I'm not powerful enough to go through this thing without his assistance. And I am so grateful he is right there. I'm so grateful, the scripture says, that he is near to us all the time. Good times, bad times, he is near to us. Whew. I actually want to release some stuff around this painting over here. You may notice this painting that came forth during worship. The artist of that actually wrote some things down. I just wanted to. The title of that work is It's a Time to Soar in 24. <laughs> the Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. His strength to the weary an increase of power for the weak. Hallelujah. For even when the youths grow tired and weary, the young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. And they will soar on the wings of eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. So I I just encourage you this morning to receive that. 2024 is a really important year coming up. And, And I'm gonna share some things around this to, to encourage us around this. But it's really important that we as a church, as Bridgeway Church here in Denver, that we begin to acquaint ourselves with, with God, what God is setting up for us in this coming year. And also, as I'll talk about today, I'm hoping that I'll be able to stir up and remind you of some things maybe you have forgotten about or maybe because you're fairly new, never knew we're a part of this house's foundation. Because God has an amazing calling on this house. God has supernaturally put something together for his purposes. It's not about a man or an individual or, a, or staff people or any any one of us even sitting here. It's, it's about his intent through us with him to radically alter the face of a city we live in, a region we live in, and a time that God has seen fit for us to be alive in. And so, so God has purposefully put things together. And he doesn't waste anything in that process. And I'm gonna take a little, just a little detour today. I'm just so grateful because part of what I'm seeing is God is restoring who we are as spirit-filled, presence-following, kingdom-carrying people. And um, as a matter of fact, there were so many words of knowledge during worship this morning It was just amazing. And I'm actually, I'm going to release some of those now because here's the good news. Right here, right now, even if nobody lays hands on it, a word of knowledge is a doorway to receive healing. It's an opportunity to receive healing. So there's just a couple things I just want to throw out there. There are some of you out there that have some pain in your ankles or your ankle, your back or in your spine, and the Holy Spirit's saying, Today is a great day for me to touch that. Yeah. Yeah. He also wants to heal issues of, of nerve damage on the extremities. Some of you may, it could be in your hands, your feet, your toes, or your fingers. If you've got issues of nerve damage in your extremities, I encourage you right now just to begin with hunger and expectation. Say, Jesus, I receive your healing. hallelujah yeah he's actually healing some headaches too right now praise God Father I thank you for breakthrough from migraines Father I also thank you for digestive issues and allergies that are being healed right now whoa whoa I just thank you I just release this over this family of God right now yes Lord hallelujah hallelujah Whoa. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, I really feel something on that allergy thing. So it, I, I didn't have anybody else put it. But if you got the allergy thing, I, shoot up your hand right now. Okay. There's a bunch. So I, I need some of you that are, anybody that's near someone that has, keep your hands up, please. Hallelujah. If you're on the ministry team, I want you to move. If you're, if you're a leader of a home group, you just got enlisted. <laughs> if you're a father or mother in this house, if you've been through kingdom ministry training, you've got some skills. So I'm encouraged, get up, do it. Just release that. Just come in agreement for that healing of those digestive issues right now. Hallelujah. And I just declare, I receive it on behalf of my daughter right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every allergy is healed in her body. Shamba, ba, 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 Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Let's touch them in that, Lord. Anybody got issues with ringing in their ears? I got this, I got, so for those with ringing in their ears, if you can just kind of wave now, because we got people that are, okay, some of those are praying right now. When you get done with that, the the, the allergy thing, I, I want you to go and 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 find somebody that has the ringing in the ears. Father, I just thank you, Lord. Especially, I thank you for breakthrough, for damage from loud noises. Possibly they could have been in like the military or something like that. Um, And it just, yeah, the damage in their eardrum is a result of that, that is permanent ringing. I just thank you, Jesus, that you're healing that right now. Wow. Father, I just thank you for resting on that daughter back there. I just see that, Father. I just just bless her with that healing in the name of Jesus because you're that good. Oh. Oh Father, I just thank you, Father, for the joy of the silence that comes. <laughs> Bless her, Lord. Oh, I thank you for grace today. I thank you for the power of grace being released in this house. Hallelujah. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Anybody really experienced the Lord's presence or an improvement in any of the areas you talked about? It? If you could just put up your hand right now, I'd love to just see the testimonies. Okay, there. Who else felt a touch from the Lord during that time? For the, yeah, the presence over here, okay. Hallelujah, back there, Good. Thank you, Lord. Just continue to increase that, continue to release that breakthrough for people in the room. Don't be surprised if it happens suddenly when you least expect it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I remember an individual, I was in a meeting one time, we were praying for some stuff and and he had this confused look on his face and He took off his glasses because he thought there was something wrong with his glasses, but what actually happened, God had healed his eyes and he didn't need the glasses anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I love that testimony, partly because I'd love to, I want that to happen. I just want everything to go blurry with glasses and perfectly clear without them. I'm like, I'm fully in favor of that option. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, it's time to soar. Thank you, Father. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to give you freedom because um, we're, we're giving opportunity. To, if God gives you a word of knowledge, feel free to just kind of walk up to the side of the stage here and just kind of get my, it doesn't bother me. I'm good. I love Holy Spirit interruptions, which aren't really interruptions. They're the right course. <laughs> so um, I, I just welcome that. Hallelujah, but there's really something I feel like the Lord's on something that I the Lord wants me to bring today, and I am just so excited about it I'm so excited about what God wants to restore in this season, because I feel like there's two things that are that are happening simultaneously: there's a restoration of things that have been forgotten or neglected or maybe have fallen into disrepair in conjunction with brand new things he's gonna to add to that. So there's, there, there's both that he wants to do. He wants to restore, and he wants to add things to make us go, wow, I've never seen that before. That, that actually the combination of those is actually part of what 2024 is and part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our midst to position us for exactly what he wants. That's why he wants us soaring, <laughs> That's why he wants us restored. That's why he wants us in a place of freedom. That's why he's saying to us with with such a gracious, loving way he can only do it, he's saying, you know, it's time for us to get serious about the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is not the sideshow. (laughs) The kingdom of God is not just some spiritual or theological principle or idea. The kingdom of God is the manifestation of the king and his realm in the earth. Who is the king? Jesus. So the kingdom of God is the manifestation of Jesus' kingdom in the earth. And he's inviting us into a place of possessing that. That's why he's challenging us. He's challenging us to do things that we've never done before. He's challenging us to share the gospel in ways we've never shared the gospel before. He's challenging us to access his gifts in ways we've never accessed them before. He's challenged us to be more free than we've ever been before. And I am so grateful he wants to do that with me, even an old guy like me. Thank you very much, I appreciate that, (laughs) hallelujah. I am not, you're right. I'm counting on 120, that's what the scripture tells me. It said 120 is the appointed years for man, hallelujah. So at 56, I got some room to go. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I just laugh that the enemy want, thinks he can make us age the way he wants to. That just isn't okay. Hallelujah. Some of you out there need to lay hold of that. Some of you out there actually have actually made declarations over your life around this that you need to today, actually, just break. The Lord just spoke to me. He said, you say, you know, my, my dad only lived to this. My family only lives to this place. And you actually need to say, no, I I break agreements with that. I say, no way. I will live the fullness of days that the King of Kings has defined for me. And nothing is allowed to cut that short. Hallelujah. That that was a freebie. Hallelujah. And may increase the life expectancy of many people in this room. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. glory if you have your bibles i want to read a portion of scripture here in in amos chapter 9 it's actually a pretty familiar scripture in some circles but really the the entire prophetic word is, is about the restoration that god wants to do with his people and this morning i'm actually i want to paint a picture of what restoration looks like specifically through the person of king david in the scriptures And I want to tie, I'll tie it into the new covenant stuff, but, but, but I just want to, I want to lay the foundation here with this. So I want to read, starting with verse 11 in Amos chapter nine. It says, in that day, now I'm just going to be bold here. I believe that that day is today. (laughs) In that day, I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls. I will restore its ruins. I will rebuild it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Eden and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord who will do these things. For the day is coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will overtake the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes hallelujah, (laughs) new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills and it will bring my people Israel back from exile. They will rebuild the ruined cities, they will live in them, they will plant the vineyards and drink their new wine and they, they will make gardens and eat their fruit. For I will plant Israel in the land never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them says the Lord God. Whew. Just a little side point here. I, I know the context of this, there's several different contexts of scripture, but it, it's really specifically speaking in many ways to the, to the nation of Israel, the people of God that are connected with that. And it's interesting, even within our political thing, I'm not trying to make a political statement here, but it's like, it really doesn't matter what the world thinks. It really only matters what God thinks. And God has actually declared. He says, "When I put them in the land, they will never be removed." Good luck for those who think otherwise. <laughs> Just you know, we we sang about it today. It's like I I remember vividly when we were, we were singing that champion song. There was a season where the Lord having this amazing encounter, and God's love was just so intense. And and in the middle of that, the Lord spoke this word to me. He said, Scott, you do realize there is no battle between the devil and me. He said, that is not a battle. That that is not a fight. I won the only attempt he tried to do, and he's never come close. And he just reminded us, like, you know, God has decided and the enemy loses. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, he may he may get his pieces in here and there, but the bottom line is is God is not has never been concerned about what the enemy's up to. <laughs> that's why he says in in um, in Psalm two, where he says he sits God sits in the heavens and laughs at the enemy's plans because he actually thinks he knows what he's doing. Oh, God's the only one that knows what he's doing. This scripture I just read out of Amos is also repeated in Acts chapter 15. I won't read that piece, but it's actually repeated in the New Testament. And I just want to paint a little context because who's been a part of Bridgeway for more than 10 years? All right, those of you with your hand up you're gonna know a lot of this stuff. Who's been a part of Bridgeway for more than 20 years? Okay, some of you, great. I love that. Because what I wanna paint is, I I wanna remind you who were here, and I wanna paint a picture for those that weren't here of what God is building here. God is building his tabernacle. His tabernacle is what? Is a place of his presence a place where the king is involved in all that is going on. You know, I talked about the the undignified aspect of worship. It's interesting that that scripture, the direct reference is actually David when he's bringing the Ark of the Presence back into Jerusalem. Because it had spent a season not there. And the joy that happened when David did that act is the very scripture that we quote when he talks about being undignified in worship. Because it's when the presence of God showed up in the location it was supposed to be in. I post to you that Bridgeway Church and the city of Denver in this region, God wants to establish his presence in his tabernacle here. And he has actually appointed this house to be part of that. And that's just who we are. There may be other callings in other churches in the city. That's okay. There are different things God wants to do. But as far as this house, as far as Bridgeway Church, we are about the kingdom of God and his presence. We're about his worship, extravagant worship. We're about freedom, we're about following the leading of the Holy Spirit wherever he wants to go. We're about being that bridge, which is in our name, to the community around us with the things of the Holy Spirit, which is one of the primary reasons we do the kingdom ministry training, is God has used that tool as a way to impact and release the realities of the kingdom of God, his presence in the Holy Spirit in churches all over the city. And God wants us to be a beacon for that purpose. Now again, I wanna be really clear. We're, We're not super elite. We're not the only ones doing this. But it is important for us to know who we are. It's important for us to identify with what our roots are, (laughs) to identify with the intentions that God's spoken. I don't know how many of you have done this. I highly recommend. It's actually on the website, I believe. I'm looking at John here. But Peter has actually recorded prophetic words and critical events that have happened over years in this house of how God has built this place. And you need to be aware of that. You need to go out and you need to listen to those because it's important for us to know what God intends to do with us. And I know for a fact, this is not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. That's okay. But there are those that God wants to add to this. and That's part of what God wants to be doing this year. I believe there is going to be a massive addition of kingdom seekers this year. Actually, I, just declare, I declare there's gonna be a massive addition of kingdom seekers. <laughs> there is gonna be an explosive increase in supernatural in here. And it's not just for us to go, oh, look at us. No, he's doing it to say, come on, look at me. That's how good I am. I am so good, I want to heal those people. I'm so good, I want to deliver those people. I'm so good, I want to save. I don't care what they're coming from. I don't care what kind of addictions or what kind of background they came from. I want them to encounter me. And God wants to use the tool of the supernatural in this house to do that. It's not the only tool, but it's one of them. So I, I encourage you, if you're fairly new here, hadn't heard this before, I challenge you, say yes. (laughs) Say yes, I want to function in the fullness of the kingdom of God in my life. I want to be fully aware of what the Holy Spirit's saying to me. (laughs) I want to be consumed with him. And I'm just gonna give you one key right here just to help you in this process. If you're one of these people that, that like to understand the whole process, Oh, man, that's a tough one. (laughs) Because I'm just going to be really clear. I mean, the scripture actually tells us very clearly. John 3 verse 8 tells us that the Holy Spirit, we don't know where it comes from or where it's going, but yet we know it's reality. What that says to me in, in, this is Scott Pearson paraphrase, is it's not about the why or the outcome, it's about the now and awareness, It's about me saying yes to whatever he wants me to do. Whether it's to run back and forth with flags, whether it's to worship, whether it's to dance, whether it's to pray for people, whether it's to take advantage of whatever divine opportunity God has for you. Whatever that is, God is enlisting us to say yes. So this is kind of a pep talk today for you guys, church. It's like, remember who you are. Remember why we're here. Remember that there is great purpose and intent God has for us. Because I believe not only revival, but God's visitation in the earth is with us and eminent both. It's happening right now. And it's only gonna increase. And he's inviting us into this place. A couple things practically I just wanna put out there. Kingdom is not spectators. It's not about everything being perfectly polished. I'm all for excellence, professionalism. But honestly, the things of the Spirit are most often messy. Often in the moment, not exactly clear what needs to happen. And somehow we're gonna have to be okay with that. Now Isaiah 55 tells us that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. The only time we get it is when God opens it up for us to get it. <laughs> the rest of the time, honestly, I find myself just going, all right. That's, I've never seen that before. <laughs> I don't know why. But that's what he did. We'll celebrate that, we'll engage that. Oh, for there is a day coming when God will return with great favor upon his people I'm not talking about his second coming here I'm talking about there is going to be a release of favor on his children so that there can be the rebuilding and the establishment of his tabernacle of his presence of his kingdom in the earth See, we need favor with that. We need God to go before us and open the doors for us. We we, we need to trust that God's gonna show us how to navigate this thing. We need to hear his rhema word over us on a regular basis. For when we dwell in his tabernacle that he is building and establishing, we find the protection and the shelter he wants for us. I told you I wanted to use David as an example, so I'm gonna go around here. I don't know what time it is. I'm gonna check my own here. Whoa. Glory to God. (laughs) Shamba. So five keys out of David's life. I'll blaze on a number of these. First one, I feel like he's restoring, is he's restoring the fact that David was a shepherd, to the body of Christ. David learned how to care for sheep as a, as a young man in the fields. You look this up, 1 Samuel 17, the testimony was, you know, he killed the bear, he killed the lion, he, he learned things that, that God wanted him to learn while being a shepherd to the sheep. And I'm not gonna go into a whole sheep lesson, but sheep are really dependent creatures. Honestly, they're not highly intelligent. (laughs) They easily wander off. They find themselves in trouble frequently. And they often need a good shepherd to keep them from those things. And David manifested that. I mean, he even wrote the famous Psalm in Psalm 23 where that's his declaration. The Lord is my shepherd. And God established him in that place. So part of what God's doing in establishing his tabernacle is he's reestablishing biblical shepherds. He's restoring the idea that we as a people need one another in order to arrive at the destination God wants for us. And we need that spirit that was on David in that area. Number two, David was also a warrior It's interesting that, you know, 1 Samuel 17 is actually the story of Goliath. David slays Goliath. Then David's men that were following him slayed all the other giants in the land. Because there was more than one giant than Goliath, there was actually many. And you read through the story, it's actually, so David set the precedent of slaying giants, and then the guys who were with him slayed him too. He was a mighty man of war. As a matter of fact, that created a limitation in a sense. He was unable to build the temple because he was a warrior. I mean, God flat out told him, he says, because of the blood on your hands, you cannot build the temple. So David was a warrior. He, he had blood on his hands. He occupied and established a kingdom that what's amazing to me about when you look at the history of this is David's kingdom is actually equated to the very same kingdom that we're talking about, the kingdom of God in the second covenant, in the new covenant. He actually equates that. Jesus actually says, you read Matthew, it's, the whole genealogy of Matthew is to identify Jesus in the lineage of David. Amen. To establish him in this particular place. And even in the Revelation, he talks about in the Revelation this reality that Jesus is the root of Jesse, which is the connect. Jesse is David's dad. I mean, that's amazing that one of Jesus' name is connected to this lineage. So David was giving us a picture of something that was going to become the main thing forever and ever. It wasn't just a momentary event that took place. And and David became the example of how that worked initially. And then the promises about that we get to participate actually are connected to him. What's even more amazing about this is when you think about the fact of who David was and what he did sometimes. Sometimes. He was not a flawless individual. <laughs> he murdered somebody, committed adultery, had a number of other events of questionable activity. <laughs> <laughs> but yet the scripture tells us that he was a man after God's heart. How is that possible? I think what that actually shows us is the reality that our orientation and our connection to God is actually what decides whether or not we're in this lineage because it clearly wasn't David's perfect righteousness. (laughs) But God himself, which very, I mean, this is kind of interesting. He actually wrote a psalm saying that (laughs) he was a man after God's own heart which seems a little weird. (laughs) I write the song about me saying what I am, but it's the Holy Spirit through him that declared that. Right? So some of us need to come in alignment with who we are on this whole thing. Because as he restores this tabernacle, it's not about our perfection, but it's about us being in a connection, intimacy, and relationship with God so God can deal with our stuff. And we've seen this in service after service recently. God is dealing with our stuff. Anybody dealing with some stuff? Yeah, he, he's working it out. There's pruning going on. There's challenges to us. It's like, no, during this, during this time of fasting we're in, God's showing us. Anybody this week, God show me anything? It's like, God's like, hey, this needs to go. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Isn't that good? Yeah. I'm so grateful he tells me that. Yeah. And if I'll say yes, he'll restore me. And I love that piece that God restored David after all of his weaknesses, he restored him because he was a man after his own heart. Number three, David was a worshiper. This doesn't take a lot of explanation. He wrote most of the Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of the example of worship. Probably no one else in the scripture can even come close. So I mean, there's no one other than him that's defined. So worship is a critical element of this thing. That's why God is developing a community here, Bridgeway, of worshipers. People who will worship him in spirit and truth and freedom and full abandonment to who he is and what he wants to do. They're willing to say, yes, 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 whatever you want, Lord, it's yours. I'll do whatever you want. I'll say whatever you want. I'll talk to anybody you want me to talk to. I just say, yes, Lord. I'm amazed how much of revelation and insight I have concerning God that comes out of that place of worship. I could talk about that for weeks in love itself, but David was a worshiper, so if you're following along, David the shepherd, David the warrior, David the worshiper, the fourth thing, and, and this is really cool because God's been restoring this to Bridgeway as well, is David understood relational connection with people. Potentially the greatest example of human friendship is actually defined in David's life between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. David was familiar. He knew how to engage with people. He, he took a ragtag group of guys and made them a mighty army that find themselves recorded in the scriptures as David's mighty men. But you actually look at who those people were They weren't exactly the most savory characters initially. (laughs) But David entered into relationship with them, and his life with them began to produce things that needed to be produced in their lives. So David understood relationship. He understood relationship with human beings. He understood relationship with God. We see this over and over again in in his worship Song, the songs and the psalms, over and over again, he talks about, I will do this, I will praise you. As long as there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you. How does he write something like that? Because he knows the one he's worshiping, he's actually connected to that. So, the relationship piece, David wants this house to be founded on the relationship, not just with one another, not just with God, both of them interacting, so that actual disciples can be raised up. There's gonna be a significant number of people that are coming into this house that are gonna to need to be discipled. And I'm just gonna challenge a few. Some of you out there are thinking, yeah, that's gonna happen. But what you actually need to think of is, I'm it, I need to be the one that does that. There are people that are sitting out there today that are gonna need to become small group leaders. They're gonna need to be house church leaders. They're gonna need to come out of their obscurity and their, the things that they might be doing and they're gonna have to say, okay, God, you're clearly doing this. I'm responding with yes. I wouldn't be surprised if almost everybody in this room is enlisted in a way in the days ahead that we never dreamed we'd be enlisted for. Because God needs his sons and daughters to walk with the new sons and daughters that are coming in. It's gotta happen. It's not just a teaching thing. Discipleship is not just an information transfer. Discipleship is interaction with human beings by the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't just preach at his guys all the time. There was all these ways he interacted with them that created the connection, the relationship, and the transformation that made him, that made them transform them into the image of Jesus. I love in Acts when the religious leaders they're they're dealing with Peter and John, they say, Well, we reasoned that these guys were with Jesus. What does that mean? How they were responding was like how Jesus would respond. And it took them being around people. So I encourage you, and this, there's no age limit on this. I Some of you out there may have some of this, like I have on top of my head, a little gray stuff. You're some of the most critical people in this hour. You know, our culture defines this stage of life around things like retirement and doing things. You know, it's like, phew. I think, I think the kingdom of God defines it. This is, this is our greatest hour to multiply the kingdom of God to a new generation. Because what happens if a new generation doesn't have that take place? This thing comes to a grinding halt. So many of you out there need to be those people. So I'm just, I'm just being real clear with you. Get ready for the messiness brand new believers. (sighs) All right, I'm I'm gonna bring this train train into the station here, land it pretty quickly. There was one more point. I'm not gonna go into great detail. I don't know if this will come up another time, but David, his life was the establishment of a kingdom that was eternal. I talked about that a little bit. It's fulfillment is in Christ and his church and us. The very thing he started he put in order for us with great purpose. Oh I'll just share a quick testimony and we'll move right into ministry team, get ready here. Part of today's ministry, we did a bunch of prayer for healing and stuff. The ministry at the end is actually, I'm gonna call it an opportunity for you to step forward and say, I'm in, I wanna see the revival come, I wanna see the kingdom expand and I'm willing to say yes to whatever the Holy Spirit wants me to do. So that, that's what we're gonna do when we wrap this up. But I just, I just wanna give an example, kind of a pictorial example of what this might look like. I'm gonna go back to the, one of the last moves that God did, which was something we, we often refer to as the Jesus movement. And um, part of the reason why this story is so impacting to me is, is the person, and I'm not gonna mention their name, but um, they, were, they became a really significant spiritual father in my life. And actually, I would not be standing up here probably today if... They had not been involved in my life. But their radical conversion was such an amazing event to describe how God is after people. So here's the situation. It turns out there's two brothers who grew up in Pennsylvania. Like I said, I'm gonna do a quick version. They grew up in a background. that had some connection to church, but they really weren't believers. They fought like cats and dogs, the two brothers did, and... uh, the, the last meeting they had before they parted ways in their late teenage days was they were in a fight and one of them picked up a glass mason jar full of mayonnaise and threw it at his brother and said, if I ever see you again, I'm gonna kill you. So needless to say, there was some brokenness <laughs> in that sibling relationship there. And these two men parted ways. One went the way of Vietnam, he was a helicopter pilot, he was a drug dealer. Um, the other went the way of the hippies. He lived in the Redwood Forest in San Francisco (laughs) and became the brewmaster in a nudist colony in New Mexico. (laughs) He had hair down below his waist and was very spiritual. He was actually in a meeting with a bunch of Native Americans doing drugs and having a spiritual encounter. And in that encounter, he saw a dragon coming out of a lake of fire. Now, he had no grid for what this really was, but he saw this in this, this spiritual event coming after him, and he was so scared that he had no idea what to do. His only grid was, maybe I'll do this Jesus thing. So he said the name of Jesus. When he said the name of Jesus, it back off. After he had come out of this spiritual experience, there was this part of him that was saying, it's like, I wonder who this Jesus guy is. had no idea what that was. So what he decided to do is he went with a group of people from New Mexico to an event that was happening in Boulder, Colorado in 1972 called the Holy Man Jam. It was actually a New Age festival where people were gathered all over from all over the country to celebrate New Age type of things and so forth. So they're all gathering on CU campus in Boulder. So he came up to do that. And while he's walking through campus the first day at the Holy Man Jam, a young man led by the Holy Spirit was bold enough to walk up to him and give him a clear picture of who Jesus actually was. And that day he gave his life to Jesus. And he had no idea what to do with that. I mean, all he had was this one event so the next day, he's walking through campus and, and somebody comes up to him and says to him and says, you're looking for a church, aren't you? Let me tell you where you should go and invited him to a church that happened to be here in the Denver metro area. So what's the point of this? I'll get to the point real quick here. He shows up at that church wearing a gold smoking jacket, a T-shirt, and some sweats, hair down to here, hadn't bathed in months walks in the back of the church, needless to say, he didn't look like anybody else in there. (laughs) But when he walked into that church, the Lord moved on one of the elders in that church that was sitting on the front row, that the young man that just walked in the back doors, he is gonna be like a son in your family and you need to go and bring him up and embrace him as though he's one of your own. And he did that. And when he did that, it put him on a course that literally transformed his life forever. He actually became a minister. His brother, that I talked about at the beginning, at his wedding, had a divine visitation at his wedding and got saved at his wedding. So the reason why I'm sharing this story is is, is there is this piece that God wants to bring in people. I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know exactly what, what, their, what, what, what all their situation, but, but the bottom line is, are we as kingdom people, are we as Holy Spirit-led believers? Do we have the ability to respond the way we have to respond in order to bring in these fish that God's bringing and see them actually come from where they were into something else? Because it took this young man another human being led by the Spirit to come alongside and show him how to do this. Some of you need to be that. Some of you are thinking, I have no idea how to do that. That's okay. The Holy Spirit knows how to do that. And he'll direct your steps concerning that. So I just want to conclude service today if I can have... Maybe a little music, I'm not sure what the best way to do this other, but but I just wanna challenge us. I mean, a lot of us in the room today have been around for a while, I and mean, some people haven't, haven't actually seen here for a bit. It's good to see some of you. I haven't had a chance to greet you yet, but, but what I feel like the Lord is saying is, if you're willing to say, I will be one that will respond to the Holy Spirit's direction, to the kingdom's calling on your life, to be the one that will interact with people the way they need to be interacted with so that they too can be transformed into the image of Jesus. If, you're, if that pulls on you in any way, I feel like God's inviting us up, so just come up to the front. I just wanna pray over us because what we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, we're in. If there's a billion soul harvest, there's a lot of people that are gonna need us. And God is not asking other people to do it. He's asking his sons and daughters to do that. And what we're doing by coming forward is we're just saying, Holy Spirit, I know life can have a lot of things going on. But Father, I'm willing to let you interrupt it in any way you want to so that the kingdom of God advances. And as people walk into this church, as I look at, Oh, thank you, Father. You don't even know it yet, but you're actually the answer to what they've been crying out for, and they didn't even know it. They didn't even know what they were looking for. But the Holy Spirit was so good to them and drew them in and brought them into a place to respond. And you are the ones he wants to connect that to. So let's just uh, assume kind of a receiving position. I just want to pray over us and declare, Holy Spirit, you see us here today. Father, we want your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see the tabernacle of David, the presence restored here in Denver, Colorado. And all up and down the front range. And Father, there are people of every age, every ethnicity that Holy Spirit, you want to bring. So as we stand here today, just as was shared during worship by Pastor Peter, the youth pastor, he said, What can we offer a king that has everything? We're the only thing we can offer. So here at the altar, Lord, we offer our lives that the kingdom of God advance, that the lost come in, that they're discipled, and they're released into their God-given purpose and destiny, that the word, the, the good news of Jesus Christ will extend to the ends of the earth. We commit the rest of our days to see this take place. We say yes today. Use us, Father. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed the Bridgeway Church Sunday Service Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, please feel free to click subscribe and share it with a friend. We invite you to support our ministry by giving at bridgeway.us forward slash give. Join our Sunday morning services in-person weekly at 9.30 a.m. at 5201 East Warren Avenue in Denver. For more resources, classes, community events, or to follow us on social media, go to bridgeway.us or search for Bridgeway Church Denver online.